127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do? Podcast crew. So I'm just, uh, I'm warming, warming my voice up a little bit. You want to know why? Why, Zach? Unworthy is anyone whole. <laughs> Is anyone able to break the scene and open the scroll? We are about to get copyrighted. Why are we playing this? It's, a, it's a hot start to the, Bailey, to the why, podcast. Why did we play this song, Bailey? Because I hot happen to play. mention it's not my favorite song of all time. Uh, that's rough. <laughs> this, was, this was phrased a lot differently before we started this podcast. Yeah, I, I think I remember so, being like... Because here's, here's context. We're in the room. I, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Probably something dumb. And um, start talking about the new album that's about to release here with you, Worship. Right. Go check him out on Spotify. Incredible stuff. Somehow Bailey thinks of Is He Worthy by, <laughs> I don't even know the original artist, but I just know the Shane and Shane version. And so start asking questions and she was like, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of that song. Yeah, a song proclaiming. Yeah, Bailey, Christ is Savior. Bailey's just not a big fan of proclaiming how worthy he is. I guess, which is so <laughs> not true. We're definitely putting words in her mouth, without a doubt. But also, I just I love that song. It's such a good song. Any words? <laughs> she, she's dumbfounded. She's like, I can't believe they actually did that. There's the nothing I can say to recover. I like a lot of other worship songs, such as "Here with You Worship." Oh, for sure. <laughs> I agree. Uh, here with the worships and like they are. I, I I'll have to look at my numbers from last year, but they're really good. One, two, and three songs from me last year were from the volume two album. They are I bumping in the car. I really always. just they were, I relate to them so much. It's like the songs are just here with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they wrote them in house or something. Exactly. Like the like I can feel them here in this room. I listen to them driving down the highway because their logo looks like highway. <laughs> all right, folks. That's all she wrote. Uh, we'll check you out next week. I'm kidding. I'm going to have to reset that, by the way. Yeah, no, that was the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. That, was good. that was good. That was good. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that was going to be hard to recover from. So, um, yeah, driving down the highway. <laughs> yes yeah i mean hey highway worship uh all of our sponsors uh, have just said here with you it's good yeah um check them out speaking of highways people are driving on highways true really they're coming to college highway six yeah they're coming oh, back yeah. into town <laughs> they looking for for some helpful tips coming into college or maybe they're just coming back from from a summer break um, that's what this podcast is. We're going to be talking about just, you could be an incoming senior um, or an incoming freshman or a transfer student, and this is probably going to be a helpful podcast for you. So um, titling this podcast, it may change by the time I upload it, but um, living a godly life in college. And so I'm really just going to set this before you guys because I don't know what y'all, like when someone asks you that question first, like what comes to mind? Like how do I live a godly life in college? What's like the first thing? 
I mean, the first thing my mind goes to is just making the most of every opportunity while you're in college. I'm reminded of, I think it's Colossians 4, 5, and it says, like, make the most of every opportunity. Um, it's season every approach with, with salt. Um, give grace to those who hear. And so it's, it's just this image of while you're in a season of college, you're going to use everything that you that you have. You're going to use every opportunity that you're given, every um, ounce of time you have to to serve the Lord and to to love Him with all you have. And so you're gonna you're gonna make the most of every opportunity by doing what our church motto says to to love God with all and to share Him with all in whatever way that that looks like. So I want to interject so fast. Tim um, is also. <laughs> Right across the way, he's our media director, putting together um, <laughs> a fish tank. So if you hear some drilling and some some obnoxious noises, that's what that is. But you're about to say something, Bailey. I also need to turn off my ringer. I apologize. <laughs> um, just living godly life in college, I think that college has the potential to be one of the like largest times of growth in your walk with the Lord, um, just because of the way it's designed with time and between classes and just in building relationships and lots of choices on your own um, outside of your parents' home for the first time, um, whatever year of college you're in, it still just like can start one of the biggest seasons of growth in your walk, I think. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say for, um, maybe this is someone's first time listening to the podcast, incoming student, um, fresh to a new start, um, excited, but also probably nervous about um, living out their faith in college, or maybe they are recently saved. Uh, what would you say to those students like just now coming into Bryan and College Station, or maybe they're starting at a different school of, of living a godly life? I mean, uh, Jay, Jay, our children's pastor, he talked about the other day, um, this was two weeks ago, or I guess it was last week, but last Sunday he was preaching on Jonah and he um, was, was teaching about how Jonah was was called by God to go to Nineveh and to preach the gospel to this capital city of Assyria that that they needed to repent and believe the gospel and need to repent because their their destruction was near and so Jonah at first didn't want to go um, but then he reluctantly agrees he gets swallowed up by a fish um, and then he goes and, and he shares the message with with Nineveh and yet we saw there that uh, that Jay kind of hinted at like so often of nobody is, is out of God's reach and nobody is, is um, more deserving or less deserving of you to hear the gospel and to um, have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so I think for um, any incoming freshman or um, someone that was a transfer student, know that nothing in your past disqualifies you from um, sharing the gospel, nothing disqualifies you from living out your faith. Because once again, remember that, that Jonah was running the exact opposite direction as God, as God intended for him to run. God called him to run to Nineveh, which was um, around basically Assyria, which was east. And then he decided to go to the opposite direction. He, he decided to go to Tarsus, which is Tarsus, can't say it. Tongue twister. Which is basically in, in modern day Spain, which is the exact opposite direction, west. And so know that even if you were running the exact opposite direction in your past, you were running completely away from God, 
God can use you to run towards him and to run towards people just as he did with Jonah. And notice that there in that story of Jonah, that Jonah didn't even do it with the right attitude at first. And so know that, that once again, like your past doesn't disqualify you and know that God is big enough to use you and to use your life to, to bring him honor and to, to be a godly life, quote unquote, even if you don't think, do things with the right motives all the time because God is bigger than you. So it's good. Yeah. I also wish we had podcasts live on film to see Caleb's gestures with his hands. <laughs> hey, um. We might soon, actually, when really? we move into the new building, we're moving the podcast room to the, the green, green room, room and we're probably going to put couches in there, which will make it easier to make video. But hey, if you're listening to this and you want to help out with that, shoot me a text or an email, my business email. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just let me know because we'll definitely need some help in that. But yeah. So coming to college, I think that especially, I would say that this can apply to most universities, but also here, like if you want to look and find like-minded people and Christians, like you are going to find them. Um, if you kind of put forth that effort, um, you'll find community, um, who are going to surround you and want to have a lot of fun in the ways that you want to as well. Um, just with like, just as Christians and pursuing the Lord in that. And so you're not going to miss out on any of the joys of college um, by finding people who are also pursuing Christ. Um, however, I guess my other encouragement is if you are stepping into college and you find um, a good just inner circle community and group of people to do life with that is like-minded, um, I think one of my biggest regrets looking back at college in at A&M is how easy it is to only surround yourself with those people mm. and to, I think living a godly life in college looks a lot more like going out and living on mission and sharing the gospel and meeting the lost, um, than we often talk about. And yeah. so find your inner people like first and like get that rooted and planted so that you have, um, supporters and surrounders to back you up in that, but also, um, find very specific ways, whether it's a non-Christian organization or, um, a job or just things like that to go out and to serve the lost as well and not get too caught up in only living out your faith with other believers. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm just reminded of thinking, um, incoming students still figuring things out, uh, Ephesians four, starting verse one, um, as a prisoner for the Lord, so this is Paul, um, in jail, in chains, um, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Um, and that kind of just brings us to our, uh, it's very similar to our, our vision verse for college ministry of whatever happens. Um, I'm blanking now, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Uh, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I'll know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Um, and I think this just kind of puts in perspective of living a godly life in college. Um, you could simply put it as live a life uh, of the calling, um, the calling of the gospel, uh, which you hinted at, of finding community, which we'll talk about in a second and what to look for in that. Um, but then not stopping there because that's not our, our sole mission here um, still on earth. Like that's to equip us and to um, encourage us and to challenge us in our faith uh, to then go out and to serve, to go out and to evangelize, to go out and seek the lost. Um, and this Ephesians four chapter continues on. It says being completely humble and gentle, be patient, 
uh, bearing with one another in love. So that's kind of that community aspect. Um, and then make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And so mm-hmm. we just see this um, idea of community and this oneness, um, one church, one body, one spirit, one baptism. That's also in Ephesians. Um, so with that, what should uh, people look for? There's Tim. Uh, what should people look for in godly community when in college? Uh, maybe they're even coming into their senior year and have just had church hurt and they're kind of looking for a reset or again, like these incoming students looking for church community, what should they look for? My first thought is always to look and see if you are noticing the fruit of the spirit in someone. And so does the life that they're living out day to day when you see and interact with them reflect, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Mm. like, do they, are they showing those qualities? Um, because if they're actively like living a life that is producing that fruit, um, then they're like one with the spirit as well and going to be striving towards what is holy and righteous. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, my thought is similar to Bailey's, but that like, what, what are you looking for in community, the community that, that seeks first the, the kingdom of God. I mean, my, my thought is like, what, what do incoming freshmen or the transfer students need to know if they want to live a godly life will prioritize what matters um, and seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things else will be added to you. That's Matthew six. And so you see, like, I know, I know for me personal experience when I was in high school, I didn't seek first the kingdom. I was, I was living for myself. I was trying, I was trying to make uh, perfect grades. I, I was so caught up in, in being valedictorian that I lost sight of just connecting with God. And yet when I came to college, God really showed me that, that those things didn't really matter as much as I was thinking they did. Um, not that they didn't matter, not that my grades weren't important, but that there was a, a, a larger um, connection that I was missing, that I was missing with God and missing with his people. And so I, as I, when I came to college, I realized freshman year, I was like, school is important, but like connecting with God and his people, it's, it's, it's better. It's yeah. just better. And so... As you come into college, as, as you're transferring to A&M or Blinn, really ask yourself, what is the best thing? I mean, you look at the story in, um, in Luke 10 with, with Martha and Mary and Jesus. It wasn't that Mar- Martha was doing wrong things. She was, she was serving. She was doing all the right things. And yet Jesus tells her that, that she's missed what is yeah. better. Yeah. That Mary chose the better portion because Mary spent her time with Jesus Good. and the disciples. And so... Like incoming students, transfer students, it, if you want to live a godly life, prioritize what's better, prioritize what's best. And the best thing is to spend time with God and his people. Yeah. I'll give you the, the easy answer. Um, looking for community, you're going to find it in the church. If, if you're looking to grow in these ways, um, it's going to be um, in the local church, which is something that. Um, even personal testimony wise, like I didn't have when I first became a believer in high school. Um, and like, I will say it out loud, um, and boldly, like I wasn't living out my faith until college when I found community, um, which is always our, our challenge and our push to people that, um, are incoming students, um, usually around like the October, even like September, uh, month of, asking the question, like, if this is where your church home is going to be, plug in, get rooted, find community. Um, cause we, we hate to see people just like attending on Sunday. Um, 
getting a service consume a service and then just leave. Um, cause that's not what God desires for us. Mm. Um, so we honestly challenge the people who've been there for two weeks. If this is where God is calling you take root, um, plant your feet in this community. Um, and, and we love selfishly when, when they're here, uh, but even more so for the big C church, we love when they find a local church, even just in the Bryan and College Station area to, to plug their roots, uh, to find community, to encourage, equip, um, and challenge them to uh, go seek and save the lost. Um, how do you guys think that accountability is kind of intertwined with this? Like, is, is it really important? Like, I think I can do um, a lot of incoming students. Like, I, I think I could do this on my own. I just need a few people to to enjoy life with um, is I think a common misconception for incoming students who um, even probably grew up in church. They're kind of isolated in, in the walks, their walks kind of their own. Uh, what would you say to those people who uh, maybe don't see the importance of accountability within community? Bailey, you want to go first? I'm, I have something that's brewing, but I need to let it. <laughs> um, I, I kind of gave Zach a look when he was asking the question just because it's like, wow, we can't, we can't do it alone. Um, and I don't know well how to explain that other than if you look at um, like just believers in scripture and it, around the rest of the world, it's a lot more community driven than here in America. We make it really individualistic and that's just not the design that I see in scripture. And so um, I don't have like one good example right now. I can flip in a second, but yeah. um, just knowing like if you dig into the word and just see over and over again that in the new, like when the church was being established, like everything that they did, they did together. Um, and so just pressing into um, doing living out your faith in a body of believers with lots of people around watching and encouraging and keeping you accountable. Um, yeah, I don't know other than we, we can't do it alone. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just want to preface this and say this might be harsh, uh, but bring, I just bring the sheep are sheep are dumb. Sheep are dumb. Yeah. And you see the Bible calls all of us sheep. It says that we've all like sheep have gone astray and so to the person that, that thinks they can do this life alone, that they can just be okay with a few people, remember that you're a sheep. <laughs> Thank you. And when you, <laughs> when you know that you're a sheep, you realize, hey, I do dumb stuff. You know, there's a story in the, in the scriptures of, of sheep jumping off a cliff because, or pigs jumping off a cliff, similar to sheep. But if one sheep jumps off a cliff, the others will follow because they, they saw somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is that for, for those people thinking that they can, they can live a godly life alone or that they can live a godly life with just their close-knit circle of friends and, and really not have any leadership or accountability, a sheep without a shepherd is dead. A sheep without a shepherd is destined for, for death and the grave. You, you see um, in, in John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. He protects the sheep from the wolves. And so a sheep without a shepherd is lost. A sheep without a, a leader is lost. You, college student, in, incoming transfer student, especially you because you are, um, are new to this area, the enemy, the wolf, is trying to attack you. And so it's, it's crucial, it's essential that for, for your survival, that for your godliness, for your holiness, you must be um, under the wing of a leader, under the wing of a shepherd. And you must be in the in the community. You notice that um, similarly to that that sheep analogy, when a sheep gets lost, it's it's even more destined for death. 
where where is the sheep most safe in the company of its of its fellow sheep and with its shepherd and so it's the same same situation for us that that we as the body of Christ are most um, safe I, I don't want to say safe that seems like a cop out but we are the most protected and um, effective I guess is yeah, the best word as a body when we are together when we're connected mm-hmm. we the Bible is so clear that we weren't we weren't called to do this life alone get under the wing of a shepherd and stay with a group the, the the large group of sheep other dumb sheep who are striving for holiness yeah exactly ah. <laughs> that was really good I'm gonna honestly. cut that out I'm kidding I'll keep it in <laughs> that was really good yeah I'm just going to keep encouraging Caleb. That was incredible. Thank you. Um, it's, I, I know I'm just a sheep, but I, my first thought, I honestly didn't know where this question was going to go. And so, um, I just know, like I've heard so many, even myself, I kind of walked into college. I was looking for a community, but I was also like, I'm going to keep an arm's length because like I needed to, to do my own thing. Mm. Um, and, and God broke that quickly and praise the Lord for that. Um, cause I think when you, you look at the example of Jesus, perfect son of God. If anyone could have done this alone by himself, which is him and God, it was going to be him. It was going to be Jesus. It was going to be the son of God. But yet he surrounded himself with 12 disciples, three of whom were his close circle. Um, And we talked about this of of looking to Jesus as the example, even in burnout with discipleship of Mm. um, Jesus. I mean, you could say discipled three people, Peter, James, and John. Um, And I think we, if we zoom out, um, we see the same thing as, as community, as accountability, um, that Jesus had people that he spoke to and people, or Jesus had people that, um, he shared life with. And so, um, if we think we can do it on our own, I think we're just foolish. Um, mm-hmm. and we are, are trying to play our own God. We're trying to claim ourselves as, as better than Jesus at this point. Um, and so again, somewhat harsh a little bit, but, um, I think it's important to remember the example that, that Christ set, that he did life with other people. Um, and if anyone could have done it by himself with just him and his relationship with God, it was going to be the son of God. So. it's mm. good. Did you have a thought, Bailey? I don't know if you did or not. No, you were looking at the Bible. Really so. All right. Um, uh, another kind of aspect of this, we talked about community. Um, obviously we talked about finding this in the local church and this can, all of these can be episodes on their own. And so we're like not even scratching the surface, but, um, what might someone be or should look for, um, when looking at a church, like what are, what are some of the, the quick, just like needs to have this needs to do this, things like that. I mean, I'm sure that this is pretty obvious and most people may, may already know this may some, some people may not, but, um, when you're going to a church, make sure that it's it's teaching the Bible. And when I say that, I don't, I don't just mean that it that it opens the Bible, because a lot of churches open the Bible. Um, some of them don't, unfortunately. <laughs> hashtag <not> church. Hashtag <laughs> uh, motivational speech. Hashtag uh, Joel Olstein. Oh my! I word. went there. I went there. Like wood. Um, but find a church that not only opens the Bible but teaches it rightly. Because it's it's pretty easy to, to see churches that don't teach the Bible rightly. Mm. Um, and, and of course, like that, that's confusing because some people would say, well, how do you know what's the right interpretation of Scripture? But I would just say, like, do re- enough research to know what is what is rightly in Scripture. Most people are are pretty um, uniform on what's the right interpretation of Scripture. And so find a church that that teaches the Scriptures rightly, one. 
Um, two, find a, find a church where, like Zach said earlier, that you can easily plug in and serve. Um, and, and that doesn't have to be First Baptist Brian, but find a church where you can use the gifts God gave you to edify the body and to edify the church. And then thirdly, find a church where you can be known. I know for like me coming into college uh, in my home church, there wasn't very many people my age. And so coming to college and coming to First Baptist Brian was very good for me because I, I found a lot of people that were the same age that were walking into college the same way that were trying to grow in their faith in a lot of the same ways. And so I think those are my three things, like um, any any good Baptist preacher, but they teach the Bible well. They um, they are are encouraging you to serve. And then thirdly, they're encouraging you to know each other mm-hmm. and know the body. That's good. Yeah, growing up, my church often went back to the verse Acts 2.42, mm-hmm. um, but with a little bit of background and a little after I'll read. Um, with been... It's with many other words, he testified and strongly urged them saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted this message were baptized and that day, about 3000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. Um, so anyways, that verse 42 is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Um, and so if we, um, like in looking for a church, kind of pretty much backing up with what Caleb said, uh, are they teaching and teaching well? Uh, are the primary issues of salvation being addressed correctly? Um, and then fellowship, like are they gathering together as believers? Um, and then breaking of bread, like being re- remembering um, the death and resurrection well um, and then into prayer. And so do they often um, pray with one another? Um, No. Is that prayer like just very open and spirit led? Um, Yeah. 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 And I I would say to those that that, um, are are thinking about church homes and just coming in, prioritize, um, the, the presence of God over like the popularity mm-hmm. and the, the presence of the, the speaker and the, the worship band, because it's easy voice crack. It's easy to go into church um, and think like, Oh man, that, that worship service was great. Like the, the band is amazing. And then think like, man, that speaker was so funny and so good. Like I love that guy, but then completely miss out on like what God was trying to teach you in that church service. So my, my key for you, when you, incoming student, when you go to a church, like once again, prioritize, um, learning more about God and knowing more about him and finding a place to serve and finding a place to be part of the family of God more than just going for a concert and a, and a pep talk. Mm, That's good. I think I was reminded about just like how much I deeply love our church and community yesterday, whenever, um, our pastor Jim just like sat down on the steps during the welcome, um, just in front of us to get on our level and just to take a seat in front of all of us and, um, really be at eye level and relate and say, I need the body of believers. I need church on Sunday morning. Um, I long for this gathering, Mm. um, and just to remind us all that not even, the head pastor is above, um, the need for the local body and for their encouragement back to him and 
his encouragement to us. Um, but it was really refreshing for me to see, um, just a leader be able to sit down and address their own need for the church. Mm, That's good. I, here's my, my disclaimer and I might start just saying things to interrupt me if needed. Um, there's no perfect church. Um, that's important to remember. There's no church that's going to be just like your one at home. If you went to church growing up, um, and in the midst of, I'm about to read off like two verses in the midst of this. Um, yes, churches like their, their purpose is to glorify God, uh, to bring you into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Um, and I'm going to also say this, it's there to encourage you, but it's also there to challenge you. Um, the church is not there just to coddle you and say that you're doing all the right things and, um, bring about you, uh, bring about a life, uh, for you. That's just easy. And a life that is just, um, stress-free and challenge-free, um, because that's not what the gospel is. The gospel mm-hmm. is that God's going to join you in the suffering. He's going to join you in the heartache. He's going to join you in the hardship. Um, and that's what the church is there for to be a representation of that, that in the midst of these challenges, God is there with you. There are others there with you. And so when we read in, in Hebrews 10, that and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, this isn't just like, let's just love each other for who we are. Um, let's make sure that we're all encouraged. Like this is, this is spiritual death that we're trying to drive out that Christ has driven out that we're trying to encourage each other in. Um, and so Again, I love encouragement um, and I'm a big component of like, we need to be encouraging one another of, of the work that the Lord is doing in our lives, uh, but also recognize that there is a spiritual enemy um, that's there to still kill, still steal, kill and destroy. I always struggle with saying that, um, that um, the church is there to help us uh, remind us of the good news of the gospel. Um, and so within encouragement, when it says encourage one another as, as a body, um, yes, for the, for the work that the Lord's doing in your life. Yes. For, um, the ways in which you're living out your faith, but also as a reminder of, um, Christ has defeated death. He's defeated the enemy. Um, which means, uh, you're set free from the bondage of sin, but we're also here in the, um, already, but not yet. Uh, we're in this moment of Christ has set us free, but we still challenge, um, and battle with sin. Um, and that's what the church is there for. Um, if you're not regularly attending church, um, there's going to be attacks from the enemy that, um, yes, God is defeated, uh, but you're going to struggle with a lot more than if you find yourself committed to a church, committed to a community, even when it's hard and even when it's challenging. So, yeah, that's good. Also the Holy Spirit in us is going to bring upon a conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're in and around a body of believers and they're speaking, um, truth in life, um, there's going to be conviction if we aren't walking in that, um, been reading a lot about repentance lately, Mm. what that looks like. And, um, but I don't think that I've ever left a 127 at night and not felt some sort of like form of conviction and challenge, which is a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So with that, um, community is important, but I think, um, the most important community, ah, see that transition is, is our one with Jesus. And so, um, what are some ways, uh, just like even the one-on-one with Jesus, Mm. what are some ways people can grow, um, with that in college. Cause like youth ministry is great, but also like when you step into college, it's on your own. Um, it's not forced. Um, that's like a story for a lot of people who grew up in the church. So what are some ways that people can prioritize and truly grow, um, in the gospel? Read your Bible. Mm. And that was, I was trying to play on that. Uh, what's that? Uh, Seventh graders. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, eighty percent of the answers I get. So. It's pretty self-explanatory, but just read your Bible. If you uh, if you want to connect with Jesus, if you want to know Jesus, then read his manuscript, uh, because the Old Testament and New Testament's all about Jesus, and so uh, that, that's the easiest way. Um, really, like being that you're a college student and you have more free time now, this is probably the most free time you'll ever have in your life. Uh, really just devote yourself to reading the word. Um, I, I challenge anybody who's listening, uh, freshman, in- incoming student, transfer student, uh, even senior. if this is your senior, even if this is your first time to try to read through the entire Bible, I challenge okay. you to do it. Because uh, I, I know for me the first time it changed my life. I uh, had a lot more peace. I had a lot more love. I had a lot more of the fruits of the spirit that Bailey was talking about after I had read the entire Bible. And so I would say just... It's, it's simple, but read your Bible. Um, second, like, obviously, pray. You have a lot more time. Once again, you have a lot more free time on your hand. Um, and really just realize that, really just realize that, that God is the source of all your needs. And so you can go to him with your needs um, because he will provide. So he's tearing Velcro. He's <laughs> going through the mic. This is awesome. We've been telling him to stop, but he keeps doing it. Um. Something that I found really encouraging from Ben Stewart said at a breakaway one time. It was not. You really just showed your age right there. All these new people with Brian McCormack. No, but Ben Stewart, he was a guest speaker. Oh, I thought you meant meant when he was here, here. I was like, who is Ben Stewart? (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I did listen actually to the breakaway podcast when I was like in high school. Really? Um, Good old Ben. Yeah. Love him. That boy. dating Benny series boy. that he did, like when he yeah. taught yeah. on single dating engagement. And when it was like, we should talk about yet. that sometime. Yeah, maybe. But um, we'll get the expert in here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so this was this is encouraging to those who aren't maybe freshmen. I heard this later on um, and started doing it. But each semester, your schedule is going to look different, and you're going to have a different routine. Um, be different class schedule, et cetera. Um, and something that Ben did in college was find a place that was like special with him and the Lord for each semester. And he Mm. would pick a time in a day or like each day, pick a time in each day to be consistent, to go to that place, to spend time with the Lord. Um, and so I started finding that like, especially in my junior year, there was this hour and a half gap from my, from in between some of my classes. Um, and I had like a specific place on campus. I went and sat and that was my time with the Lord. I'm not good at mornings, um, reading. And so it was better for me to get my day started, um, and then pause it, but just finding a consistent time to do that. Consistency is hard and takes discipline, um, but is so worth it. Um, and as a not someone who's not a reader. Um, it takes a lot of work, but it's always really sweet. Um, when I find that consistent meetup time with the Lord. It's mm, good. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and you talking about reading the Bible in a year. Um, and we've talked about the fruit of the spirit. I think it grows the two ends of, uh, the side of the, the wording that, that he uses in that passage of self-control and discipline of getting in God's word daily to read the entire Bible in one year, but also a love and an intimacy with the father. Um, and so it's a great challenge, even just finding, um, passages to read every single day, um, walking through books. I highly recommend, like Caleb said, reading through the Bible. Um, even if it takes you two, three years, um, the ways in which you grow, um, and since 
you're going to obviously be growing in the two ends of the fruit of the spirit. All the ones in between are going to uh, multiply um, by the power of the spirit. And so um, obviously find yourself in God's word uh, prioritize that time. Absolutely. Um, I guess um, I, I want to end with seniors um, and just people that may um, be like, they're just looking towards the future. And so we'll end with that. Um, but within this realm of growing our relationship with Jesus, how would you, give advice on balancing school and extracurriculars and then also, um, spiritual life and their connection with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I said it earlier, but prioritize what's important. Uh, Matthew six, um, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added into you. And so, or the senior who is um, thinking about the next steps, thinking about, how do they balance their extra extracurriculars and their organizations and their um, friendships and their school? Just know that all those things are important, but they're they're not they're not the main thing. And so um, remember remember your God, remember your, remember your Creator in the days of your youth, um, so that that you would follow Him in all in all those ways. And so um, know that those things are, are not essential. Not, they're not, they're not the main thing, but also don't just separate those things. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times we think that because God is our, is our priority that we just don't have to worry about those things or Mm -hmm. that those things are, are, because they're not as important, we don't need to, to involve God in those things, but God is supposed to be the center of everything in our Mm -hmm. life. And so, um, even in school and extracurriculars, ask ask yourself how can i seek first the kingdom in my school yeah how how can i seek first the kingdom in my organization how can i seek first the kingdom in my job how can i seek first the kingdom in my relationship with my significant other ask that how you can seek first the kingdom and all those things because christ deserves to be the center in everything and so i think for for seniors uh, my, my challenge and my, my commit com- commendation is the word I think is just um, really consider how can I seek first his kingdom in all things. It's mm. good. <coughs> yeah. Someone recently reminded me of Psalm 143 um, specifically one verse in it, but I think it's a good prayer for four seniors or even any, I guess, age in college. Um, but it says, so my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I've put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your spirit lead me on level ground, for your name's sake. Um, With that passage, just remembering that it's a good reminder of um, resting our future in his hands, while also um, he can show us the way we go, while also reminding us to remember each day is it, it is important to continue to do his will, to be led by him, to remain in him. Um, because that doesn't get any less important as mm. a senior than yeah. it does as a freshman. Yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I think, are we going to say something? Okay. No. Um, I think it's just important to remember like the mission field always, um, even, even within your classes, even within your organizations, um, that the entire framework of your life is Matthew 28. Um, the, the reason you're here still on this planet is because of the great commission, because Christ has um, given you a mouthpiece and, and an ability and a giftedness to go and to share the gospel. Um, and that doesn't change when you get to college, it doesn't change when you move on to the next stage of life. Your mission is always to make the gospel known, to make Jesus known to everyone you interact with. Um, and so like Caleb was saying, like separating these just isn't wise, separating school and spiritual just isn't wise because God is in the school um, as much as he's in your spiritual life, he's also in your classes. He's mm. in the conversations that you have right before class, right after class. Um, and so keeping that in mind, um, that these aren't just two separate ideas, um, but that God is, is in all of it. Um, and so, um, I guess the final question, um, just as encouragement for people. And I, I said seniors, but I think this applies to everyone who is in college. I think just like after two weeks of being here of, um, within our vision versus of, of standing firm, uh, what are ways that people can sustain this life um, that we've kind of described of this godly life of making Christ known and finding community and looking for churches and, and things like this? Like, what is the thing that's going to help us stand firm um, throughout the rest of our college career, throughout a senior year where it's hard to stay diligent in school? Like, what are the things that are going to help us stand firm? Um, I would say memorizing scripture, mm. um, because if we know what scripture says, then we're going to want to like remain in that truth. And it's something I've recently just started working on again. Um, and haven't done as well on as I should in college, but was encouraged by Nancy Taylor, who works, well, her husband works at our church now. And, um, she's just really faithful to memorizing one verse a week. Mm. Um, all, like every week of her life. And she started that when she was 18 and wow. going into college. Now she's 68 or 66. Um, and I did the math. And if you memorize 52 verses a year, um, she's now at 2,600 verses Holy memorized. Um, and so it's like, it sounds really simple to do one verse a week. Like that's very doable. Um, and some people are memorizing more than that in a week, which is awesome. But just over time, that faithfulness, it, it builds up and it adds to what you are able to know and to meditate on, to pray through. And so when it gets hard to stand firm, you have scripture to pray through, to um, rely on, to rest in. And so when you are in a season of just a lot of excitement for the Lord, um, and you're, you're intaking a lot and you're memorizing scripture when that gets harder, mm -hmm. it's there. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question too, like, just remember the hope that you are called to remember the hope of heaven. Remember that, that Jesus is coming back, that Jesus said when he left in, in Matthew 28, that he, that he's going to return. Mm -hmm. And so, um, know that, that you can remain faithful to him, that you can, keep on with the spiritual disciplines. You, you can strive for holiness because Jesus he promised that the suffering that we face in this world isn't, isn't eternal, that, that we have a home in heaven forever. That's without pain, without suffering, without, um, tears, without mourning, without, um, with, without no energy. I can't think of the word, but with, 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 
tiredness without tiredness <laughs> I don't think um, that's the word in revelation but without without a lack of want to do those those disciplines mm. and so like if you're looking for something to motivate you to keep going just remember that that heaven is is going to be really awesome mm. um because jesus is really awesome and Amen. so know know that that heaven is is coming for you yeah that's good yeah i i, I don't think i have anything groundbreaking, but I think just reminding yourself of the gospel daily. Um, every time your feet hit the ground, um, remember the truth that we're looking forward to, uh, but also the hope that we live in, um, in the, in the freedom that we have even now today, um, is just super important when you are uh, struggling with people's perception of you or, um, maybe, uh, just a, a hard week in class or, or whatever it is, reminding you of the hope of the gospel. Um, and the spirit's going to help you do that. Um, if you stay disciplined in these areas. And so, um, that'd be my final encouragement. Do y'all have anything else? Cause I think that's all I got. Yeah. Don't just remember you're a sheep. <laughs> yes. You know the gospel. Remember you're a sheep mm. and don't make any bad decisions. Oh, Oh, stay with the shepherd. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, I didn't like that. That was a quick outro. I forgot to finish it out, so bye.